to another episode of the Pedestrian Podcast. Now, this weekend, we're a long way from it, but if any of our guys out in Seattle are anywhere near Climate Pleasure Arena, there's a really cool event going on. And to, to talk about that with myself, Stuart Court, and Adam Nathan. How are you doing? Not too bad. Is uh, one of our favourite guests, and we are delighted to welcome him back onto the Pedestrian Podcast, Mr. Cliff Averill. How are we, sir? I am blessed. I am blessed. How are you guys doing? How are you guys hanging in there? I'm three weeks from fatherhood, Cliff. So I don't know if I'm hanging in, hanging on, hanging out. I'm hanging, but it's, uh, <laughs> well, it's well, something. Well, let me give you a little bit of advice. Um, get as much sleep as possible in the next two weeks. <laughs> Everyone says this, but it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. You can't build it up. I wish you could, but I'm sure it doesn't work like that. It doesn't, but it, you got to try. Trust okay. me. It's, it's better to go into it a little rested than not rested at all, all right? <laughs> all right. Uh, so uh, this weekend is the, f- the first first event weekend of Champions of Change. Yourself, uh, Michael Bennett, Doug Baldwin, all three former Seahawks players, legends. Um, how did all? How did it come back? How did it come about? And also, I guess, why, why now? Um, you, you know, it's, it's, it's a good question. And, you know, Doug, Michael Bennett, and myself, we both have been very involved in the community in different ways. You know, we both, all three of us have different organizations that we work with, uh, our own uh, foundations that we have. And, uh, you know, we've, we've been trying to make an impact in the community for some time, but we all came together and thought like, man, how can we make a bigger impact collectively? You know, uh, we, we, we thought it'd be, make more sense to join forces to be able to make a bigger impact collectively. And, and that's how we came up with Champions of Change. But it's also about um, shedding light on the smaller organizations that are in the community that don't get enough recognition for the work that they're putting in. You know, we all know about Seattle Children's, who does a great job in the community. Uh, we know about all these big commu- uh, uh, um, organizations, but we want to shed light on these smaller ones that, that don't get that recognition, put them on a platform and a stage where other people can know about them and also support them as well. Cliff, I thought about you guys for some reason watching Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Pittsburgh because he had that like fairy tale, win the game, walk off the field moment to say goodbye to a community that he represented for such a long time. And it got me thinking that for one reason or another, so few of like the Seahawks legends got a chance to do that. Like, you know, in your situation, unfortunately, you just walked off the field with an injury on Monday night and we didn't get a chance to see you again. Mm. Not that obviously you're looking for flowers in the community or whatever, but as you progress from in Seattle, like a number to a human, it must feel quite cool that you're able to sort of there doesn't need to be an end point and a goodbye because you're in the community and that, that must feel quite great that you get a chance to do that as you progress from 56 to Cliff Averill. For sure. You know, it's, it's, a, it's, um, it, you know, like you just said, right. Most times in not in your NFL career, most guys don't to get to do the farewell thing. Honestly, probably just quarterbacks to be honest <laughs> with you to get the, the, to do that. But for me, um, you know, just being entrenched in the community in, in general, but also it being organic, I think, you know, it's not something that, that I'm doing just to get notoriety for. It's not something that I'm doing to just be seen. It's a actual service that I want to provide for, for different individuals in different communities. Um, and people just gravitate towards that. Right. Um, but, but it's great 
to get out in the community and people recognize me, not necessarily just for football too, right? I think that's the that's the one piece I've always harped on. Mike Bennett and myself, we've always talked about is like, man, if people only, re- uh, only remember us as the Super Bowl champs or just football players, then we've actually failed them. We've actually failed them as people. Um, you know, yes, we are those things too. And that was just a stepping stone for us to be able to get to where we want to go and make a difference in people's lives. Like that's a bigger impact than anything you can do is making an impact in people's lives to get them on the right track, get them medical services, whatever it may be. They'll remember you forever because that actually impacted them personally, not just from, uh, you know, uh, sitting in the stands or watching from TV. But, uh, you know, it, it's just a great I'm just glad that I, I have the mindset to do it, but more so than have the, the platform to be able to give back and help. And, you know, if people remember me for that, that's that's the winning uh, that and fatherhood, the two biggest things for me. There's so much which is like to be to be applauded. There's so much great stuff happening around this. But we've spoken to you before about it. We've spoken to Doug, we've spoken to KJ, and any of the people either side of the locker room door around that 2012-2015 Seahawks squad. And this is just another example, isn't it, of the connectivity all you guys had that it went deeper than rings and wins. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. But that's that's what allowed us to have the wins in the ring, right, is, is the different personalities. You know, I, I say this all the time when I'm talking to folks is like, you think about the different personalities on that team, or you talk about Michael Bennett, you talk about Richard Sherman, you talk about Marshawn. I mean, the list is long, Earl Thomas. Like the list is long as far as for different types of uh, personalities and characteristics that guys have. Usually that's clashing. Like people are clashing because there's so many alpha males in the locker room. The difference was we all respected one another and we all understood that my success is dictated off how well you play and vice versa. Like, I can't do this by myself. And we understood that from a, a grander scale. So it was deeper than us. And then also we knew to play for one another. Like once we understood when you play for someone else, it's a little easier to let yourself down. But when you're playing for someone else and their family, man, that's a lot, that's a lot that you got to uh, take on. So I'm going to take that extra step for Michael Bennett, you know? Um, so I say all that to say, us doing what we're doing now is just a mirror image of what we were doing in the locker room. We're still, you know, we're still riding for one another. We, we still stand for one another. We still want to see each other win just in this type of uh, format. You guys are champions on the field and clearly trying to be that off bit now. And the, the basketball game that you have at Climate Pledge Arena on Sunday, which I'm sure loads of people are coming out to, is clearly like the focal point event. And it's, you know, it, it, everything builds up to the game and that's what you're doing interviews about. But to be a champion of change, like, is there anything tangible that you have your eyes on? Like, I know Doug has his um, you know, community center that he's looking to do. Um, I don't know how intertwined that is with this, but is there something that you put your finger on and say, like, this is what we want to do. And if we can see this, that would be amazing. Yes. So like you just said, Doug's is he, he's building his family center. This is a big, a, a big portion of his proceeds are going to go towards that. Uh, for me, I'm supporting the Odessa Brown Clinic. They just opened up another clinic, uh, Othello Clinic. Um, and, and I want to help them continue to build that out because they're such a staple in the community. Um, you know, just helping because they're, they're backed by Seattle Children's, but they need more help. They need, you know, whether it's, you know, we, I partnered up with Nike and Blitz and, and some of those guys where we're going to try to keep 
the hospital filled with Nike shoes in all sizes for people that need shoes. Like that's something we take for granted because we have them. There's a lot of people that just can't afford shoes, can't afford Nikes, can't, you know, so, so mine is more along the lines of giving back to that hospital, that, that clinic, so they can continue to keep doing great work in the community, which entail just makes our community a lot better. Uh, the, on, on the basketball game, the list of players in the game is just insane. You've got yourself, you've got Doug, obviously Mike B as well. You've got Jermaine Kearse, Jamal Crawford, who most, so many people seem to say he's the, like the best player to ever come from the area. Isaiah Thomas, Cole I'm part of the basketball. Yeah. Uh, Sherm, Nate Burleson, Sue Bird, Nate Robinson, Bruce Irvin, Spencer Hawes, Marshawn, and Gary Payton are coaching. And then you got the voice, uh, Kevin Calabro, calling the game too. I mean, that is, I mean, that is a who's who, isn't it? And then you've got, then you've got obviously the added layer of, of all the good that you're hoping to, to sprout off of the game itself as well, Cliff. Yes, yes. We we tried to go deep into the bag, man. You know, basketball is missing in, in Seattle right now. Obviously, we, we were hoping for the Supersonics to come back at some point. But, um, you know, it, it, we wanted to bring basketball. And if you're going to bring basketball to the city of Seattle, you got to have Kemp there. You got to have you got to have Peyton there. You know, Sue Bird is is legendary. Uh, you know, talk about Jamal Crawford. He's the godfather of, of <laughs> basketball, you know, guys that come from from Seattle and basketball. So we went deep into the bag and just reached out to a bunch of different individuals. And they all said yes, because they they see the work that we're putting into the community as well. You know, you talk about Marshawn Lynch being involved. Um, you know, obviously myself, Doug, uh, Jermaine Curse. I mean, it's 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 just the community. It shows the community can come together, right? And then you bring Kevin Calabro into the into the fold. He's legendary out here when it comes down to to the Supersonics and different things like that. So um, I'm just excited that everybody's here. Everybody is is willing to get behind this, and they see the impact that we're having too. Along with the foundation, I always see you're doing your property stuff, which looks really cool on Instagram and, and things like that. We were lucky to, I think we got Doug's like first ever interview that he did after a player. So that's a real like feather in our cap. And we got him. And I asked him like, who is Doug Baldwin? I think it was about 18 months ago. And we spoke to you about two years ago, I think, when we did like all the Seahawks stuff. But, you know, to park that to one side, like who, who's Cliff Averill now? And, and how's that maybe different you know, in a post-COVID world, hopefully, and a couple of years down the line and you know, five years away from being a player, which seems ridiculous. Wow. I know, <laughs> crazy, crazy, but so who's who's Cliff Averill now for, for the people that, that would be interested to know? Wow. Uh, Cliff Averill is a real estate developer. Um, he is a obviously a father of two that, that, that weekends do not belong to him anymore because his <laughs> kids are playing travel ball. Uh, you know, obviously married, but uh, I would say from a, from a career standpoint, you know, I'm on the development side. I still train the guys during the off season, uh, some of the D linemen during the off season. And then also uh, besides the philanthropy stuff, um, you know, I'm also trying to teach guys more about real estate and why I'm into real estate. Right. Um, Showing guys what to prepare for after uh, life, after football, you know, that transition is real for a lot of us. A lot of guys struggle with it. A lot of guys don't know what else they want to be passionate about and do uh, because football takes up so much of your time. So I want to be that example uh, of the transition and still being involved in the community, still being involved with the team, 
but also, you know, figuring, his th- figuring things out and being able to continue to flourish in other spaces. I think that's the biggest thing. So to answer your question, all of the above. Cliff Averill is <laughs> everything he just said uh, uh, not too long ago. But uh, And I'm also uh, continuing to continue to, to, to grow and learn. Cliff Averill is a, a nonstop learner um, just of life, I, I guess. Is that, is Tyler Lockett has dived into real estate as well this offseason, hasn't he, as well? So it's clearly something which is uh, yes. a, a growing option for players in, even while they're still playing. For sure. I mean, I think he's the only active uh, real estate agent in the NFL, which is a pretty cool <laughs> thing to be. Um, but yeah, I think guys are just waking up to the fact that they know someday their career is going to end and you got to start preparing for it. You know, it's not one of those careers you can play for 50 years or you can do for 50 years. It's if you're blessed and fortunate enough, you play for five to seven years, if you play for 10 years, but you have to continue to try to prepare yourself for when that day comes, because it's inevitable. It will come. And guys are, 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 are um, you know, preparing themselves while they prepare to be the best version of themselves on the field. They're still thinking outside the box of what, you know, tomorrow can bring. Yeah, it's like the Marshall and the, what's it, the chicken and the mentals. Got to protect the chicken, man. Got to protect the chicken. <laughs> uh, so the, the, the game obviously is like the headline act for the the, the first weekend of, of events like this. What else is what else is uh, happening this weekend with all around champions of change? So uh, tomorrow we have a day of service uh, where myself, Doug, Mike, uh, Doug uh, and Michael Bennett, we're all going to go to all the benefiting partners and organizations uh, and we're going to go do some community work. Uh, you know, we're there from eight, eight to three and we're putting a full shift in. But, um, <laughs> but we're, we're going to do that. And then on Saturday, we have our gala for all of our top sponsors and, and donors, but also for all the players. We're going to announce the teams, uh, you know, who's on whose team. Um, and, and then on Sunday is the game. So we're making it a full-blown weekend. And then on Monday, actually, a lot of the guys are going to go golfing in San Cadia. Um, kind of uh, the same event Russ used to put together, actually. Uh, we're going to, you know, have some of the guys go out there and, and you know, um, play a little bit of golf. How close is uh, Michael Sean Dugar to getting the roster spot? Because there's no way he hasn't been hitting up your phone every day trying <laughs> to get at least, at least first man off the bench for one of these two teams. He's definitely text and he's gotten denied. He's got, he didn't, he didn't even get, he didn't make the team to even get cut. Uh, <laughs> 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 but uh, Mike's a good dude, man. I, 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 he swears he can play. I need to see him play in LA fitness a couple of times before we can get him out there. But uh, Mike's a great dude and, and he's definitely reached out a couple of times about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so I've, I've, obviously this isn't what the weekend's about, but have you, this has been like chirping with you, Doug and Mike about, who the best? Who's going to put up the most points? Who the best put ball player is, or is, is that not the argument? Listen, no, listen, we're 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 competitive. All, get out. <laughs> all right, we're trying to win MVP. Yeah, like guys, are, guys are really trying to win MVP right now. In my head, I'm going to try to go for thirty. All right, um, that means I have to shoot the ball every time I touch it. But that's in my head. So yeah, we're going to get competitive for sure. Especially Doug and I. I think we're going to. We're gonna go for it all and, and see if we can put up some crazy numbers. I've been training. I've been. I've literally been training. I've been training with <laughs> IT. 
I've been training with Jamal. I've been training with some of the UW players. Like, I'm serious about this thing. <laughs> I, I don't know what you were like as a player, but I don't know whether you got nervous or whatever, but there's got to be a couple of butterflies, like putting yourself in front of the community, doing something that isn't necessarily your number one comfort zone. <laughs> That's why I'm up for the task, because <laughs> in my head, in my head, I was supposed to be an NBA player anyway. So, <laughs> so uh, no, it's, I mean, you know, I think once you get your first shot up, as long as you don't airball the first shot, it's downhill from there. But of course, you'll be a little bit nervous, especially with, you know, hopefully 8,000, 9,000 people show up. It'll be a little nerve wracking, but it's all for a good cause. So it makes it a little bit more fun. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I went to the arena when I was over in December, and it's it's an incredible venue as well, isn't it? So, oh, it's amazing! Yeah. It's an amazing venue. I mean, I can't wait for them to get a, a NBA team here. Uh, you know, the Krakens. Like, I've never been a hockey fan. I've never been to a hockey game up until um, until the Kraken came, and it is such a great time. The venue is amazing. It's 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 it, it, it has to happen. A basketball team has to get here soon. Yeah, they lost 7-1 when I went, so it wasn't such a great time that <laughs> night. But, <laughs> uh, but we've seen in the last few weeks uh, over at the VMAT with KJ, chat, chopping it up with Pete. He, boy, Mafe got a Cliff Averill comparison in like day three, I think it yeah. was. What, what is that like when someone's a rookie and he's, he's just getting his way in? The, the guy who was your coach five, six years ago saying, yeah, yeah, he's, he's like... Like one of the best I've generation. had. Um, yeah. So it's twofold. It's it's such an honor that that I had that type of impact that they're comparing anybody to me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, because I think I seen something in the draft. There was like two kids that they were like, oh, he, he resembles Cliff. They were like, whoa, I made it to the draft already. Like guys are <laughs> you know, comparing them to myself. So it's, it's a blessing. But in the same in the same breath, I, I don't think it's fair to compare him to me, because when I got to Seattle, I was already kind of polished. I was already, uh, you know, I was five years, six years in. Um, so, you know, it's a little bit of pressure on him. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're comparing him to a veteran player that was already established in a sense. So, uh, you know, that, that, that that's a little bit of pressure. But I think it's, it's, again, an honor for me. But he does have a lot of things that are very similar. You know, I, somebody sent me the, his, his combine. Um, she was like, oh, wow, these, these are like, <laughs> you know, this, this, this is great. But, um, you know, he has all those all those those factors. Now it's all about going out there and proving it, you know, going out there and showing that you can do it. I've talked to him numerous times. You know, uh, I think I'm going to get with him. I'm going to get in the lab with him a couple of times before camp. And, and I'll be at some of the camp practices trying to, you know, just the biggest thing for me is being able to give all the experience and the wisdom that I've, I've, I've been able to get, you know, playing the game of football I can't do anything with it I'm not playing anymore so it's best that I do give it to some of these kids so they can live out their dreams and and I'm going to definitely try to give them some nuggets here and there when I can what what's the vibe like from your vantage point of that building now because obviously a lot's changed in five years but a lot's changed in seven months really since last time those guys <laughs> were there and what, what, what's the vibe that. like with I me mean, it's Pete Carroll's John Schneider is still there still banging the drum for and like uh like the Pied Piper of everything but a lot has changed. Is it- a lot has changed. I think I think the biggest thing, you know, going to the practices, just for me, honestly, is just getting familiar with all the different new faces and names. Like, literally, nobody on that team is anybody that I've played with, which is the first <laughs> time in, in five years, right? So, uh, but 
there's a lot of talent, man. There's a lot of talent on that team. I mean, talking about up front with some of the guys that drafted, but more so, you know, DT, Daryl T- uh, Taylor, um, you know, I'm excited to see what some of these guys are able to do at linebacker. Even on the back end, some of these guys that they drafted, I can't remember the one kid's name, but he's like 6'3", but he, I, I think he ran the fastest 40 time. Like, that boy can move and he's big and he's tall. Like, you look. He's a he's like a, a a Richard Sherman you know 2.0 uh, as far as for like just how he looks out there right so they have a lot of talent it's really going to boil down to quarterback play you know that's the one question mark but I think that defense is going to be special though I think that defense is going to be able to do some some special stuff and and on offense they have it they have the talent they still have DK they still have Lockett they still have some playmakers on 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 offense it's just execution right being able to execute and that's the biggest question mark right now. Yeah, and one of your former teammates is a coach now in Deshaun Shedd. He's coach up the DBs, yes. isn't he? Yes, yes. Shedd is he's crushing it, man. Last year was his first year. He enjoyed it. But but I think what Coach Carroll is doing is very smart in a sense of bringing guys around or even on coaching staff that know what championship football looks like. You know, what a championship defense looks like in particular, right? With bringing Shedd onto that, uh, onto the staff. And, and, I think that's going to go a long way. That's going to go a long way because it's a mindset. It's it's also the players will fall in love with Shed more than a player than a regular coach because they know Shed has been on that. He's been in those big games. They know he's been on that turf and he's played you know with the greats uh, like a Richard Sherman, like a Cam Chancellor, and stuff like that. So having somebody like that on your staff goes a long way because it's going to help your locker room out tremendously. Talking about Richard Sherman, I mean, I'd be entertained listening to him read the dictionary out to me. Like, I'm sure he could find a way to make it fun. And I, I'd listen to that all day. And, you know, one of the uh, the good things, I suppose, about the passing of time is that the more in which you guys are removed from playing, the more we get to hear you talking about stuff, which is great for us. You know, we can listen to it all day long. But I think when you were on his podcast, he, he was talking about Seahawk fans and... That I, I, I want to try and get into his mindset, or I don't know if this is generic across other players, but he was saying in one breath that he felt that the fans were being ungrateful for what they got and they're demanding wins and this and that and the other, which is probably a perfectly fair statement. And then he followed up by saying that the team are trying to catch lightning in a bottle and not understanding how special the group of players they had that won. Now, for me, that seems like a management criticism but being conflated with a fan ungratefulness, because I, I don't get to pick the players. I wish I could. I'd probably do a terrible job, but it'd be, it'd be fun. Yeah. So just try and get my, get get a mindset of that, because I, I couldn't really work out if the gen- – maybe this isn't a general view. Maybe this is just his view. But is it a case of the team aren't necessarily thinking that it, it's possible to do what they're doing? Or is this is this a fan being ungrateful thing? Because as far as I'm concerned, I just want the team to get better every year. And if they do that, I'm happy. For sure. So uh, it's, 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 you asked two questions there, and um, I, I see how how there could have been some confusion. I think the fan aspect of things was at the time they were saying that we need to get rid of Bobby, and Russell makes too much money, right? Um, and he was saying that fans got spoiled with 
the type of players that they've had in a sense, like, why would you ask Bobby to take a pay cut? Why would you even ask Russell to take a pay cut? They're the top two players at their position. Now, neither one of them are here. And we see how people felt about it. I, I guarantee you most people would wish that they had both of them on the roster right now, right? Yep, yep. But that, this podcast endorses that message. <laughs> so, so, so I think that was more so his message was like, like you guys are spoiled and understanding, like, like not realizing how great you've had it over the last 10 years. You know, uh, we start talking about taking away players and all this other, like, no, the last 10 years is an anomaly in the NFL. You know, like to win 10 games, uh, what is it, 10 out of or uh, 10 out of 12 seasons or something like that. Like that's unheard of, especially if you know the history of the Seahawks, you know, what <laughs> what I mean? like prior too. So that I think that's what he was more so speaking on, because a lot of fans were just saying a lot of craziness or I don't want to say uh, and it's definitely not all fans, so please don't don't come blowing up my my Instagram or Twitter because <laughs> it's not all fans, and we know that. But there's a lot of fans that you know are are oh my gosh, you know we need to fire these guys because we haven't won more than ten games. Okay, yes, I understand we want to be in the playoffs. Yes, I understand we want to be in the Super Bowl every year, but we're still having solid solid seasons. Like you asked Jacksonville. You ask Cleveland, you ask, uh, I mean, the Jets as of lately, like they would take that run in a heartbeat. (laughs) And that was the point he was trying to say. Mm -hmm. It wasn't more so that we don't want more for the team. Of course, we want them to win the Super Bowl. Of course, we want to see them do some great things. But let's not negate the fact that they are consistently one of the top teams in the NFL for the last decade. Right. That's an anomaly. We see Tom Brady do it. That's like. That's greatness at its finest. <laughs> like nobody's ever done what he's done. Mm-hmm. But what we've been doing, what, what this team and this organization has been doing for the last decade is pretty impressive. And that's the piece I think he he was trying to convey that a lot of people took the wrong way. Now, as far as for lightning in a bottle, um, I mean, what the Seahawks did back in 2012, all the way to 15, was somewhat kind of lightning in a bottle. Nobody thought Richard Sherman was going to be who he was. Nobody... Where are you going to find a Russell Wilson in the third round? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, the only person that was on that team that we, like, from the very jump of them uh, drafting him, that was supposed to be as great as he was, was Earl Thomas. He was a first-round draft pick, right? But besides that, nobody, again, Richard, uh, Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Michael Bennett was undrafted. And speaking of Michael Bennett and myself, I, I don't know if this to be true, so I'm just throwing this out there. Um but I'm willing to say there probably hasn't been that many times in NFL history where the top two free agents in the in free agency actually go to the same team. Mm-hmm. See what I'm saying? Like there's probably, it's, it's probably, if it happened, it hasn't happened more than a handful of times, right? Like Michael Bennett, myself signing back to back days, we were both the top defensive free agents in, 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 uh, in free agency. Like that's never happened. So that's lightning in a bottle in itself. Right. So just those types of things is more so what he was talking about with lightning in a bottle, at least from my perspective in that, how I took it. I think that's what he was referring to uh, with it being lightning in a bottle. You can't recreate that. Like you can't, if that's the case, nobody would pick in the first round. Everybody's just picking the fifth round and they just know what it is. You know what I mean? So, so like, that's what it, that's what I think that's what he meant more so than anything with, with that comment. See, for me, that, 
if anything, that's the team are treating players like they're more dispensable than the fans. Because I think you're right. Like certainly Stu and I would love Bobby Wagner and Russell Wilson to be here. But to me, the team is saying, oh, well, Cody Barton could do Bobby Wagner's job and Gino Smith can just do a simplified Russell Wilson job. That for me makes it feel like the team's making players feel like more of a just dispensable asset than a fan ever would. For, for sure. And, and that's just the NFL, to be honest with you. Like, I'm comfortable in knowing that the NFL uh, and how the business runs, like, I, I understand it. So I never took any of it personal. You know, when, when the Lions, after me being franchised, told me that, hey, we're moving on. Okay, well, I'm moving on too. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I understood that. Like, I, I, t- I just took it for what it was, right? But you got to remember, Richard Sherman, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, um, 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 Cam Chan, they've never played for any other organization. So when that time comes for them to say, hey, we're moving on, it's hard for them not to take it personal because this is all they ever, they've ever known, right? So, so and, and I'm not saying they didn't understand the business side of it. You think you understand the business side of it until it happens to you. You know what I mean? So, so like, that's more so um um the, the the i guess from from that perspective but again going back to to the fan side of things it was in the moment fans were calling for bobby to take a pay cut fans were calling for russell to leave and all these different things and i think he was just explaining to them that like hey these guys don't just come like you don't find these guys in the fifth round you don't find these guys in the third round these guys are hall of fame type players why are you why why like why is the pushback for them to be, you know, whatever. And look, again, right now, I, I know I am. I, I wish both of those guys were on the team right now. Uh, just, just leadership and, and their experience. But, you know, we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. Uh, right. We massively appreciate you taking time. Um, we know you've got to go and coach the next generation of Seattle-based basketball players. Um, so we're like four, five, seven, eight, nine thousand miles away. Where can people over this side of the pond or people who, who can't get to climate pledge this weekend, uh, where, where can they go to, to like pledge their support and like keep track of all the weekend's events? Yes. So you can go to championsofchange.org for, you know, info on kind of the organization uh, tickets. If you're in the Seattle area to come to the game, but also it'll be live streamed on zekin.com. Um, and I think you can find all that information on, on, um, org as well but there will be a live stream i think there is a small fee because it is <laughs> a foundation <laughs> and an organization that's given back but um you can definitely tap in and log in and, and, and check us out uh trust me we're gonna definitely try to make it competitive uh at least when i'm out there trust me i'm, 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 I'm all in all right i'm all in now i will say the basketball court is a little bit longer than la fitness or some of these smaller gyms <laughs> so i might get tired a little quick but you know that's just that's the only disclaimer i got yeah and also now covid the world's slightly starting to like open up again we'll have to get you back over here on sky sports and all the rest of it and get you on, on an in-person head pod we're, we're working on it. We're working on it. I definitely want to come back out there, man. Um, you know, maybe sometimes later in the fall or something like that. But but we, we've been in talks and hopefully we can make something happen. I definitely I love coming out there. London is, is awesome. Um, and, and I definitely want to make it out there and, and come see some of the 12s out there. Awesome. Uh, yeah. Best of luck with everything this weekend. It's as, as I said, it's awesome what you guys have use your platform to do and continue to do so but we've got massive support on, from us too and all us UK Seahawks fans as well so uh, go well this weekend Cliff 
No, thank you guys. Appreciate you guys for all, always the support. Adam, my man, appreciate you. Um, no, uh, let's continue to keep keep make, trying to make the world a better place. That's the that's the end goal, right? Continue to do for each other and make the world a better place. I appreciate you guys having me. Go to championsofchange.org to check out what uh, what we're doing, and and um, you know we'll talk soon, guys. Thanks, man. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Cheers. Yeah, massive thanks to Cliff. It's, it's, it's just awesome what people like that platform can do. And it's, yeah, we're going to continue to support them. Go and check all the stuff out. Go on the socials and everything else. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash the position podcast. Podbean, Spotify, iTunes. Uh, enjoy the warm weather weekend, it appears. Football season is only five weeks. Fixture list is out, so football is just around the corner. But until next time, this has been the Pedestrian Podcast. Go Hawks.